0: Hey, bub. Welcome back to our second annual Snictimus holiday special. So last year I got together with a good buddy of mine and we had a holiday themed episode and it was a big hit. I don't know if it was a big hit with the listeners, but it was a big hit with my co-host and I. And we've decided to return to that format yet again this year for our second annual snicked holiday special i am back with my same co-host from last year my good pal kurt schmidt kurt welcome back to our snicked extravaganza
1: hey what's up ryan thanks for having <laughs> me back man i i so excited for this
0: yeah so you're a big christmas guy right like i remember that from last year like we we had a whole discussion about like what constitutes a christmas movie and we went into all these details about, uh, just, you know, our holiday cheer that we have. Uh, and of course, you know, here we are halfway through December, like the holiday cheer is pretty high in my house. Uh, I assume it's probably pretty high in yours as well. And it was just, it was the right time to get together and, and celebrate the holidays, uh, in, in the classic Wolverine style.
1: Yeah, man, it is, um, it's huge here. We, I love it. It is my, without a doubt, it is my favorite time of the year from, uh, from about mid November till, uh, till Christmas Day, man. I love it. I, I am the, I play Christmas music from the second it, it starts up on the radio, which now is like the first week of, of November. I play it straight through. I don't change it. Um, I love it. You only you only get well now. You get like two months out of the year with Christmas music, um, but you, that's it. You you don't get Christmas music in July unless you're psychotic. Uh, I guess <laughs> some people would argue that I'm psychotic for listening to two months of Christmas music. But man, I I I'm an electrician. I'm like a, a construction worker, right? I put it on the radio at work. We're we're sitting there listening to Christmas music. I got a Christmas music ringtone. My phone i changed the ringtones for the seasons and i got a christmas uh ringtone um dude i i love christmas i'm a big kid <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's awesome yeah i i spent the first like seven years of adulthood working at a grocery store like working in the grocery industry and dude i was such a scrooge i was such a grinch when i when i met my wife and, and she's like the christmas lover um, and like, I, since I've been like in an office job for like the last 10 plus years, almost, almost 14 years actually, um, I've come around a lot. Like I don't have to deal with like the worst of humanity on a daily basis during the holiday season anymore. And now I'm like, yeah, man, this is great. Like I, I'm learning every year. I learn more words of Christmas songs that I've spent my entire yeah. life listening to that I've just tuned out. I'm almost 40 years old, and I've tuned these these words out. I just know the melodies. And, like, every year I learn more and more lyrics to the actual Christmas songs. I'm like, these are just delightful songs. Like, these are wonderful songs. And I used to never really go for, like, the religious Christmas songs. And, like, my favorite ones now are, like, Mary, Did You Know? And, and like, Oh, Holy Night. You know, (laughs) like, I go for, like, all the super religious, like, all the – all the Jesus
1: birthday songs, like that's what I go for now. <laughs> that's that's the the time when I'm like, all right, I, okay, I'm I'm not gonna subject us to any more of this, and I will like turn it <laughs> off before I start getting people yelling at me or something. Um, those are the ones that I'll turn on. The ones I I, I like the most are like the the newer ones. Um, I like the, the newer fun ones. There's, uh, there's one that nobody ever knows. It, uh, Kristen Bell did one called Text Me Merry Christmas. That's, oh. that's a, that's a favorite of mine that, uh, that you don't hear too often, but, uh, <laughs> but check it out.
0: Yeah. We'll have to look that up. We're a big, uh, we love Kristen Bell and, uh, Dak Shepard in this house. Like, we're big fans yeah. of those guys. So we'll, yeah. we'll have to check that one out then
1: nice nice yeah i love i love them too i man i used to listen to i listen to his podcast a lot i i used to
0: was the, yeah. the um was the armchair expert or whatever armchair
1: expert yeah i yeah. only i only ever stopped listening exclusive with uh with spotify oh. that's when i stopped but i have i have him to thank for for my a d h d diagnosis. <laughs> the strangest thing all of all of his interviews every single every single person he talks to he's like oh classic adhd symptoms and i'm like what that's an idiot that's that's normal isn't it and after hearing it like 60 times i'm like ah, maybe maybe i'll call a doctor yeah that's yeah nice. wild. Yeah, who knows, man? Like, I, I can't. I, I've got like a, a handful, a handful. I got at least two people I would call good friends from podcasts and/or the internet. And then I got an ADHD diagnosis, all from podcasts.
2: Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, we we get crap for being like you know between thirty five and forty five year old white dudes that are podcasting, <laughs> but like this is how we make friends now. This there is it. This is our. This is the playground for us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So funny. So let me ask you then, uh, being a big Christmas fan, being a a union man when it comes to the, uh, the electricians union or or whatever you have out there, are you guys the ones that have to go and do like the Christmas light displays in the city and on like the big buildings or can they just hire anyone for big Christmas light displays and stuff?
1: Um, I guess places could hire anybody, but i would I would venture to say that most of those displays around here, at least the big ones, are probably put up by union workers. I know the building i'm working the field museum in Chicago we have uh my company has a guy there an in house electrician that works on put up all the the Christmas lights. And on the outside of the building, it's all lit up right now, red and green. Um, Myself, like I put in half those lights. My company put in all the lights. So we put in all those lights. Uh, They change now. It's all LED, so it's all remote control. All these buildings now, it's all LED, so everything's like not remote controlled, kind of remote controlled. But they could just program them. Like they change colors on their own. But the town... The city, like, uh, the city of Chicago, like, all the lights out, like, uh, public streets and stuff, That's all union electricians in the city of Chicago. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, 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 all, uh, all proud union workers. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you're going to have to start trying to get those jobs then.
1: Yeah, that'd be, that would be nice. Uh, That would be nice. Um. Yeah, I got I got a pretty decent I got a pretty good job as it is. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints <Nice>. here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all the Christmas uh, talk I have. We we put our tree up. Uh, we just put a small one up. Our our big tree that we have was in like a plastic tub, and it fell off the rack that it was on <laughs> in the garage. And it's cold out here, so the plastic case that it was in, you know, shattered and stuff. And so um, we we ended up not putting that tree up. So we just have, like, a small, I think, four-foot tree that I used to have, like, in my man cave that I only took down two months ago. Uh, <laughs> it's just been, like, sitting in the corner, and I just never got it's around funny. to it. So I finally take it down, and then the wife's like, well, it's Christmas. we got to put the tree up. And then, you know, we decided not to put the big tree up. So... I, it's it's right back up um but it's it's downstairs now and so we didn't have enough room for all of our ornaments so right now we only have um superhero ornaments and like comic book stuff and some star wars and then i have a few like sports ornaments um i have uh, i have some san jose sharks ornaments and some san francisco giants and uh, 49ers <laughs> ornaments on there um I've got a Wolverine. I have a Wolverine from the nice. Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon. So that's one of my like prized ornaments. Um And then I've got a couple like Ninja Turtle ornaments. We actually started using like, you know, those little like foam backpack clips that you can get. Yeah. We started using those as ornaments Um because we'd collect nice. those and then be like, well, crap, like, what are we going to put these on? And it's like, well, Hey, it's got this little hanger. It's a superhero character. Like, we just start using these as ornaments. So I've got a bunch of uh teenage Mutant ninja turtles, ones of those on there. And then uh yeah, the boys have, have some of theirs. We've got some Star Wars and like Darth Vader, we've got some Spider Man and the Flash, and then um my son just got a Green Ranger ornament, oh, so he cool. put that on there, and then my other son picked out a Star Lord, so we've got that on the tree.
1: Nice. Yeah. We I uh you, it's you have a fake tree. Yes. I guess. Yes. I, fake tree. Yeah. Isn't there like a million uh <laughs> real trees right around you? you can't get a real tree over there or what?
0: Okay. They're expensive now. Like have you seen <laughs> the price of, of a Christmas like a nice Christmas tree nowadays is like forty-five dollars.
1: Oh my god. I wish it was forty-five dollars. We buy a new tree every year. We buy a, a real tree every year. Uh, forty five dollars was the half price tree that we got because we bought it so late in the season, man. Damn. Usually, like our the trees here, it's like a hundred dollars. I think last year we paid $110 for a hundred and ten dollars for for our tree. This year we paid forty five bucks because it was half price because we just bought it last week. Um, they had like seven trees left on the lot, and we're like, all right, this is perfect uh yeah we've had we've had a, a busy uh couple weeks this year a uh, couple uh busy couple past weeks whatever I, I don't know what i'm saying um it's been busy for us since thanksgiving so yeah we 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 got the tree later than usual and my wife was like oh we should get a tree this late every year but yeah we always i i got a fresh i got a new fresh tree i got a new tr- uh we got real trees every year while i was growing up my wife came from a house that got fake trees so when we got together you know like you're, you're always like you you're compromising you're figuring things out right when you're married and i told her there ain't no compromise here man we're getting we're getting that real pine tree smell there there's no there's no fake pine tree smell up in this house and she's like but it's <laughs> so much money and i'm like well don't worry about it who's making the money i'm going to make well we'll figure it out take it out of my christmas gift money i we need a new, we need a fresh tree.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Like we, we were a real tree family growing up. Um, and my wife was too. And then yeah. we did real trees, I think every year until maybe eight or or 10 or so years ago. And we were like, you know what? Like it's a pain to vacuum up all the needles and stuff. Like you have to go out and strap it to your car or like, forget it. Um, and so we went into Michael's and we're like, Hey, here's a, here's a good tree. It's like 20 bucks. It's eight feet tall and it's like it's really skinny. Uh which is perfect because our house is tiny and our window is really small. So this will fit. Like it's tall enough to hang all the ornaments and it's skinny enough yeah. that it doesn't take up any room. Um so that's what we got. But yeah, we, we went with a smaller the small tree. This we have like yeah. eight fake trees. It's crazy. Like my <laughs> my sons have one in their room. We have one like on the dinner table that's like two feet tall. I had one for my man cave, which is the downstairs one. Now we have the downstairs one. We have like two or three others that yeah. are like, I think they're in storage, like in my mother-in-law's basement, just like in a box. She's always, every Christmas, she's like, do you guys want any of these trees? And we're like, nah, eh, it's whatever. We, It's yeah. fine. We got enough. <laughs> There's enough it's trees. funny. Enough fake trees. And then, yeah, I think one year we bought like a, a fragrance thing to, to hang in the tree. <laughs> it was like pine scent, you know? Yeah, yeah after like three or four years of not having a real tree or smelling, we're like, yeah, this smells like the real thing. And I guarantee <laughs> it like if I were to go it's, to a tree lot, it would not smell yeah. the, the same at all.
1: <laughs> it, it's the, it's the pine tree hanging from the, from the, the car freshener.
0: <laughs> it's a little fancier than that. Um, <laughs> slightly fancier. It's really slightly. just like a, it looks like a stick. Yeah. Um. And you hang it like by the trunk so that it's out of the way and all that. And it like, it's whatever. It smells nice. like a pine tree for like eight hours, and then you wake up the next morning and it doesn't smell like a tree anymore. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, we don't uh we don't we don't spring for the real trees. Nature Girl approves, by the way.
1: <laughs> Nature Girl. Um, That's funny. I, I, That's funny One that. of the
0: one of the issues I read well, there was, we got a one page story of Nature Girl, and, and she is she not does not support real trees being no. chopped
1: down. She doesn't. I had no idea who that was until like I, I I finished that one page story and then I'm look I looked up and I'm like, who is this girl? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I thought it was what's her name from the New Mutants. I thought it was uh the Indian chick. Oh, Moonstar. Yeah, Moonstar. I thought it was Moonstar with some kind of goofy hat on her head or something. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) She was drawn like Moonstar. Is that how she normally looks? Yeah, a little bit.
0: And then she's got, like, wooden
1: antlers. She's got, like, antlers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Moonstar with antlers. Sure, okay. Sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Well,
0: in the the holiday spirit, in the Christmas spirit, we have uh, prepared a top five. And I'm really excited for this top five. It was, like – We weren't even planning to do a top five. You and I, we've read some of the holiday, you know, Marvel holiday specials. And we're going to talk about those and stuff. But like a week ago, I was sitting in the car and I was listening to another podcast. And they do a lot of top fives on that podcast. And they happen to be doing a podcast where they're talking about people and jobs and working. And so I thought. Well, you know, one of our favorite Christmas movies in our house is The Santa Claus, which is all about a regular Joe kind of taking over the role of Santa Claus. So I thought, what if an X Man had to take on the role of Santa? So, which X Man should or could replace Santa Claus? And so I, I suggested it to you. Of course, being a big you know Christmas fan, being the Linus of this duo, uh, <laughs> you were all over that, and so. Uh, Yeah, we've prepared a top five of mutants who should replace Santa Claus. So, uh, Kurt, I think I'll I'll kick it over to you and uh, let you start us out here.
1: Awesome. Thanks. I love this one, by the way. And I had – I just kept on brains. I had so many. I had a hard time narrowing it down to the five and then putting them in the right order. So, like, I have a bunch of scribble scrabbles on my notebook here. But, so (laughs) – Number five. With that said, number five, I have Quicksilver. Obviously, you need Santa needs to get to every child's house, like Mm -hmm. in the whole world. You need somebody fast. Who better than Quicksilver? Right, the fastest man alive, faster than the Flash. Yeah, Quicksilver. (laughs) Well, oh yeah, he totally is. So, (laughs) and he. he fits like a, a like double like doubly good, not only is he fast and he can make it to all the homes, but he needs to replenish all those calories. who better to eat all those cookies and drink all that milk than quicksilver? <laughs> he needs all that stuff he won't be fat yeah. and jolly he's gonna be he's he needs all that calories. The only caveat with quicksilver he's pretty grumpy, so probably a lot of coal. But, <laughs> what, <laughs> what, you know, it's a trade-off. He's he's good at one thing. He, he might not be so good at the other. So, I don't know. He might be happy, though, with all those milk and cookies. Who knows?
0: Yeah, no, I think he would be. I, I definitely think he would be. I think he'd he'd probably end up being more like the Santa from A Christmas Story who you get like 10 seconds to tell him what you want. Otherwise you're just getting a football and you're going down <laughs> the slide. Like that's, that's a, with his impatience. He's like, what do you want yes. for Christmas? Too late. Here's your, <laughs> here's your football. Here's your, uh, here's your baseball bat. You know, like, yeah, goodbye. Like that's what you're getting. <laughs> I love it. Quicksilver. Nice. All right. So mine started off mutants to replace santa and then i got a little carried away and i started writing out my list and then i was thinking like ooh, these are actually this one might be better replacing the elves and then we still have regular santa but now you know the elves have all been outsourced to to this mutant or or maybe santa needs help pulling a sleigh again rudolph's got a broken leg he's still tied up in the in the reindeer games so we need someone else to step in so I i ended up only picking like two to replace Santa, but I ended up going with one to replace Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, and one to replace the elves. So I think I'll start with the elves. In order to make all the toys, you have to have hundreds of elves, right? Like, we've we've all seen the movies. We've seen Fred Claus. They've got the whole operation going with all the elves. Even an elf, they've got, like, ten elves. There, there's tons of them. You need so many elves because there's so many kids in the world now. The, who, what mutant is better to make all of the toys all year long than a mutant who can multiply? So I went with Jamie Madrox, the multiple man, to replace Santa's
1: elves. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good thing I got multiple people because you took one of my Santas. <laughs> That's a good one. You know, At first, I thought I, I, had to, like, I was biting my tongue the whole time. I thought you were going to say the Morlocks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The the multiple man works good. I was uh, with my first one. I thought a Quicksilver. I kind of had like a multifaceted idea of Santa, like Quicksilver is the one that runs out and delivers all the gifts. And I kind of figured multiple man is the guy that is sitting around. He's the one taking all the orders.
0: Yeah, he's going out to all the Macy's and Sears and all the kids are sitting
1: on his lap. That's what I thought. I, because how would you like? Imagine the stories like Peter David could tell with a million multiple men out there, like taking all these kids' orders, or even like sneaking into these homes. Because you know, like Jamie, when he when he gets his dupes, like who knows? Like he he, they all have different personalities. You never know what's going to go on in there, like with the president. You know, like I don't know, maybe he's sneaking in the mom's room. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we we saw we saw the rascally uh uh Jamie Madrax under Peter David and that was a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that though. I like he he would be a good replacement for the elves.
0: Yep, yeah. I figured, you know, you keep him under lock and key. He's in the nor- he's stuck in the north pole. So when he gets those uh, those unruly dupes and they want to escape, there's not really anywhere to go. So yeah. they're gonna to tow the line or get reabsorbed real fast. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> nice, nice, um, very good. Well, he was luckily he I, I got a little bit of time to uh, to figure it out because he was my number three for for uh, Santa. So mm. my number four is Mystique. Mystique mm. because she could sneak in and be anybody. Right. Like I'm thinking about Santa coming in and delivering the presents and then the kid wakes up and then, oh, my God, it's Santa. Like, oh, no, it's Uncle Joey. Like, <laughs> no, no, we'll probably Uncle Joe. Oh, Uncle Joe. OK, I'm going to go back to sleep, you know, or like maybe Mama kissing Santa Claus. Nope. Mama kissing the neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> uh mystique i think would be great how she gets to all the homes i don't know i don't have that quite worked out yet but like she could sneak around like nobody else <laughs> nice <laughs> i like that
0: <laughs> mystique yeah no definitely would be mama kissing santa claus then with uh with the direction they've taken mystique in the comics lately yeah yeah Nice. All right. Uh, number four for me. So this one is a Santa replacement and this one is kind of thinking outside the box, right? So I didn't go for a mutant whose power is going to help him make toys or help him deliver anything. And I thought about the fact that Santa has to go all around the world. Like he doesn't just go to Europe and North America. He doesn't just visit us here. He visits all the kids in Asia and in Australia and Africa and South America as well. He, he, and Europe and North America, so he's going around all the continents, all the kids, and everyone speaks different languages around the world, and so if Santa only knows English, he's not going to be able to talk to the kids. So I went with Cypher as a Santa replacement because then he would be able to understand and talk to all the children, you know, all the children that come out and see him, and you know they want to say hi hi to Santa, Cypher would be able to talk to him.
1: You have been listening to Too Much X-Cast. I think I have. know.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know where that one came from. You're not fooling me. That's funny. Where w- you were going with that, I thought for sure we were gonna have another, another, um another crossover there, but we didn't. I, I did think of Cypher for that reason too, though. That's, that's a good one. I like that. Very yeah. good with Cypher. Nice. That's so funny. <laughs> um, it, my number three, I'm gonna have to go to an alternate here, and that's gonna be magic, because I I'm thinking I'm I guess I'm more literal thinking, um, and I'm thinking of how how are how is Santa gonna get these gifts delivered? Well, magic can teleport right through limbo. Who who better than to deliver all the gifts than Santa passing through a demon filled limbo?
0: <laughs> yeah, there's nothing scary or terrifying to talk <laughs> about that
1: at all. Uh, Definitely d- not going to have a nightmare before <laughs> Christmas thing. <Ryan. laughs> um, yeah, but you know what? Imagine <laughs> like 13 year old Ryan waking up and finding Ilyana. Like putting Mm -hmm. bending over and putting that Christmas gift underneath the tree? Come on, tell me tell me you wouldn't want to see Ileana (laughs) delivering your Christmas presents. At least the current the current one, not not nineteen (laughs) eighties New Mutants one. Present day Yeah, sure. Present day Ilyana,
0: absolutely. A thirteen year old me. Yeah, like (laughs) a a hot (laughs) Russian babe delivering (laughs)
1: gifts. (laughs) Die high boots. Die high boots with the Final (laughs) Fantasy sword and stuff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just
0: don't be don't get on her naughty list if you don't get full, you get sucked into limbo <laughs> so yeah, that, right? that might actually be good because all the kids worldwide are going to start behaving <laughs> real fast oh yeah yeah <laughs> magic nice well I, I actually did think of magic but I had a different teleporting mutant on my list as my number three so, this is another Santa replacement, and this one's a little bit different because this one doesn't just teleport themselves. this one can teleport objects or other things, and all she has to do is throw a little dagger type thing into it, and it'll teleport so I went with blink um I went with blink as my my number three uh and this is how you do it. you don't need the sleigh anymore. No more beasts of burden. Let the reindeer retire. They've earned it. All you have to do now is get a conveyor belt with every pile of presents has the address they need to go. And she just sits there in her lawn chair, you know, sipping whatever, throwing her little teleportation daggers at every little pile of gifts. And they show up underneath the the Christmas tree in every house in the world. So I went with Blink.
1: I love it. I, I love, Blink was on my list. She was, she was one of my alternates. When you were talking about teleportation, I thought you were going to be talking about your, your blue little elf guy. He didn't make my list because I figured he might make yours. But yeah, yeah, Blink was an alternate for me. That's, that's awesome. Good pick there. Uh, my number, so that brings me to number two. Man, we are, how are we flying through this list? Um, my number two is Dupe. <laughs> Dupe. Dupe is the perfect Santa. He can fly. He can control time. He can store presents in his bottomless belly or like Dupe land or Dupe whatever they call it, right? <laughs> he can speak any language. Dupe can do it all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he can Settle eat. down, Milligan.
1: <laughs> Dude, he could shimmy down that chimney and just, like, like regurgitate the presents. It, Dupe is perfect for Santa.
0: And as we saw in the Wolverine and the X-Men, he can keep the moms happy as well.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, he can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was the, the teacher, I think, for
0: uh, – he was the professor, right? He was the receptionist who was always asleep. But then he had to, like – go out and get the funding for the school uh, in in duplicitous ways. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yeah, man, we are flying through. All right, so (laughs) so my next choice, this is my Rudolph replacement, and I wanted to go with at least, like, one kind of deep cut, one relatively obscure mutant that hopefully, Kurt, you've never heard of, and my listeners will be like, who's this? And they'll go check him out. I went with an acolyte from the 1990s who's had like a handful of appearances, but his power is to make physical constructs out of red hard light. So when Rudolph needs a break, when Rudolph needs to retire from leading the other eight reindeer, you put projector at the front of that list and, or the, I don't know what it's called. I don't know what a group of reindeer are called. A, a herd? I don't know. I don't even think that's what it would apply to if they're like pulling a sleigh, whatever. The the reindeer team, right? So you put projector up there at the front and he can make his own headlight out of red hard light. So next time we have a foggy Christmas Eve, boom, call projector. Let Rudolph have the night off.
1: I like it. I I've never heard of projector. Yes. I yeah I have no idea I'm going to write him in my notebook as you're describing that I just thought of Ruby Summers and I want I don't know what her powers are but I wonder she's got to be able to like like emanate red glowing something right she's Mm -hmm. the child of Scott and Emma she's got to be glowing red right.
0: Yeah, she I know that she can shoot optic blasts and but and she does have red skin, like a ruby, I guess. So yeah, there you go. She can just sit there with Maybe. a flashlight and put it behind her head and just <laughs>
1: <laughs> You you need uh you need uh jubes or uh or a dazzler to, to be one of the reindeer behind her. <laughs> am I am I just describing like women pulling a sleigh for a fat Yep? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well I guess that's just me. <laughs> Alright, I'm I'm moving off of that subject. I'm going on to my number one. Alright. My number one probably doesn't oh God. That combined with my number one does not put me in a good light. Uh number one is Professor X. <clears throat> Why does Professor X make the best uh Santa Claus? Because he can read your mind tell if you're naughty or nice right just like regular Santa and then he can make you think that you got whatever you wanted (laughs) (laughs) I man I I don't think I'm as misogynistic as I just appeared in the last three minutes (laughs) I really don't oh god this is not putting me in a good light but I can't. I don't know. Yeah, prof- I I didn't want to put Professor X number one, but I couldn't get off of it. Like he he's he fits perfect. He does. It, you don't have to worry about any of the like the how is he going to get to all the all the kids of the world? He can all the languages, all the time constraints. Like retire the reindeer, retire that, retire the elves. You just yeah. got Professor X. And that's what he loves to do. He loves to <laughs> find out people, right? Like, yeah. Yes, he that's does. The, that's the perfect position for this cycle.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how is that <laughs> how is he not taken over that job yet? You'd think that's what he wants the most.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Move over, Jonathan Hickman. I got a I got a I got a writing job in my future. <laughs>
0: Well, they're doing Fall of X, so it, they're gonna need uh, a, re, a rebrand or a relaunch of the X titles. There you go.
1: Yeah, maybe
0: is Santa now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> number one for me is a cop out. I always got to throw at least one cop out on my list because I'm I'm just lazy. Um, and I went with who? Like, if we had to replace the entire organization from the top down, so we got to replace Santa. We got to replace the sleigh. The elves, the reindeer, all of it, the Christmas music, the the cheer spreading, all of that stuff. It's gone. We have streamlined Christmas. Who better to do a worldwide operation delivering gifts to children than the sentinels? (laughs) Perfect. You put put a sentinel in every neighborhood in the entire world. And they deliver the gifts to the kids who are all on the nice list.
1: I love, and then death to the ones that are on the naughty list.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you I, got Master Mold up in the North Pole just popping out new Sentinels, you know, to to keep up with the population. And yeah, this—I mean, who doesn't want a gift delivered from a cold, emotionless, evil robot?
1: I I love it. If you're, and then when they, when they make the movie, like, it's perfect. Like, you got a Sentinel as Bad Santa, and then you got Trask as his, like, mean little midget. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right. It's, it's movie accurate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, sorry. I guess. That's all I do is just – I just live to offend people on podcasts. I'm sorry.
0: Hey, as long as they give (laughs) us the five-star reviews that we got for Marvel Plus, (laughs) uh, I'm all for it.
1: Oh, bazinga.
0: (laughs) All right, man. That was fun. Yeah, that was was good. I, I actually had a hard time with it. Like I was racking my brain, one, trying to come up with ideas, and then I had way too many ideas. And then it was like, how do I narrow these down? And then, yeah, I got on like, ooh, what if we're not just replacing Santa? What if we're replacing the elves or Rudolph or whatever?
1: Man, I, I can't – I'm so surprised that Nightcrawler didn't make your list. I He he seemed like such a gimme that I didn't even write him down because I'm like, I, I got to have these because we're going to have some kind of like – we're going to we're gonna cross over. I had – well, Blink, obviously. I had Kitty because um, I thought she could sneak in and out of the house as easily. Mm-hmm. I had Skin because I figured he could, like, sneak in, too. And then um, also the Juggernaut, because nothing stops the Juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good. I,
0: I think uh, Kitty would probably be busy about this this time of year, though. I don't think she'd be available for
1: the Santa job. Is she? I don't Does Does Hanukkah overlap Christmas?
0: Uh, sometimes. I don't know if it ever has or or not. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll admit, I don't usually know when Hanukkah is happening. I
1: have no, I, only because of my iPhone, do I know that Hanukkah, like the first day was like last week or something. It said on my, on my calendar app. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's
1: good. Yeah. When when I posed that
0: question to my youngest son or my older son, sorry, that uh, Kitty and Magneto were his first two answers. And then he thought about it for a while and he's like, I don't know if they would want to be Santa. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know if, I don't know if Christmas is on, is on, uh, is high on their priority list. Um, I
1: thought about yeah. Magneto. Um, but I thought that it would be too outlandish for, for like, even for me, I thought Magneto was too outlandish of a, of a person to replace Santa. Yeah. He does have, he does wear the right colors though. Yeah. He's right? got the
0: red suit. He's got the white hair. I don't think, yeah. I don't, think he's ever shaken his belly like a bowl full of jelly though and that's a requirement
1: So he has had the white beard though yeah yeah he's he'd, probably he'd, a closer match than know. either of us <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thought about it now, now that we're talking about it <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think he'd probably switch it from the North Pole to uh like Asteroid M you know
1: yeah yeah Huh. are you that's it's it's starting to make sense to me now maybe a little bit too much
0: oh yeah <laughs> nice um so we've also spent some time over the last few weeks reading through uh, various marvel holiday specials um and i think We've read the same one and then I think we read part of another of the same one and then we've read two different ones. So, yes. I don't know, should we start and kind of walk through some of the stories that we loved on the ones that we haven't crossed over and then finish up with the crossover
1: one maybe? Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Sure. All right. So, you start. Well, I think yours is the is the oldest, so we can start with yours okay. and we'll do mine and then the, the one that we both read is the more recent one.
1: Oh, that's funny how that worked out huh yeah wow that's so strange <laughs> um yeah so i i started off i read the 1996 48 big pages marvel holiday special um we got spider-man wolverine kitty silver surfer and um what's his name the gay cowboy um but I don't think he was gay at this time. Oh, uh, Troy. I don't know if... <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. I I was <laughs> uh. Oh my god that's <laughs> that's so funny um no <laughs> i can't i i have no idea who uh i think that if, is his name Kid K- rawhide rawhide kid kid rawhide oh, something uh yeah i think it's
0: rawhide kid I, 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 it. it I, I just like the lego game
1: yeah i i flipped it open to the first uh to, to his pages and Oh, man, the fur I don't know if this – now, I know everybody always says, like, this can't be done today. This is 1996. The first – I don't know. I guess he's speaking in his terms. The first two words says local engines. I don't know if they're printing that today. Maybe they are. They, I don't think they are. I don't, I don't know that they are. Um, but whatever. I don't think that was correct in 1996, though, either. Maybe I'm <laughs> wrong. <laughs> All right. Um sorry. We're, we we got to get on. To- I'm getting on topic. Uh we have stories uh with Spider-Man. Spider-Man is the I think the best story in this bunch. It's written by no no surprise, it's by Mark Wade and Pat Olive, Oliff, Brett Reading Inks. Um we also have a story a Kitty Pride uh story and we have the Silver Surfer, Rawhide Kid, and Wolverine. Spider Man is the is far and away the most fun. He's taking pictures of uh of uh, of JJ like pretending that he's uh, he's dressed up as Santa Claus. He's passing out gifts to kids. Uh, he gives he 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 pays Peter I think like a nickel or something a five dollar bill something like that to 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 take pictures on like Christmas Eve. So then he's like, Screw this, I'm gonna web him up. I'm gonna be Spider Man. I'm gonna web him up. He he tra he tracks uh JJ back to um wherever he was holding the gifts and then the the roof collapses and whatever. It's a little nonsense. It's kinda fun to read. The art's it's kinda fun. It's it's um the art's nice. You move on to the kitty story. The uh it's revolves around um it's her and uh and she goes back to her hometown not quite chicago but chicagoland and uh it's kitty and the black girl and they try to make uh reference to like kitty understanding where the black girl's coming from because not only is she a mutant but she's a jewish mutant so she's got like she could relate right to whatever the the little the black girl's going through um she- re- she reveals her mutant powers to help her and whatever they have like a nice little moment. The art's not great silver surfer is trying to figure out what the north star is it's it's okay. you have uh the blind chick that likes um the thing what's her name?
0: Uh, Alicia Masters.
1: Thank you. Yeah, she's in this. She's in this. And this is a George Perez plot, Stanley script with Rick Leonardi pencils. You might know Rick Leonardi as the artist behind Spider-Man 2029. That's how I know him, at least. Um, And actually, you know what? You know what I noticed reading this one? I noticed the letters. Because the letters I thought were so bad with the Kitty Pride story. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. This is like whatever. I noticed the letters in that the letters in that story was by some guy I never recognized. And the letter I don't know. Whatever. I'm going back and forth. Sorry. <laughs> um This story wasn't even with like those three names, it wasn't great. It was okay. He's trying to find out the purpose of the North Star. He's like, I've seen the whole galaxy. There is no, this star doesn't exist. And then he goes around and sees aliens. He kills an alien for like, like talking shit about the North Star. Uh, or the Star of Bethlehem. I'm sorry. Saying the wrong mm-hmm. star. But, um, he ends up finding the, the true meaning of Christmas or the Star, whatever. The, um, one with the cowboy is called Ambush at Angel Rock, which was like I think just a like a what do they call those like a um, like a not a house story but a uh, file story something like something that they just had like sitting around waiting for like they needed to fill some pages because they like had nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that was like com- complete crap. And then the Wolverine story was uh Tom DeFalco, Josh Hood. <laughs> I kind of recognize that name DeFalco at least. And Wolverine is talking shit about Christmas the whole time. He kind of I don't know. Like it, it they you, you get cameos by by uh Gene and Scott and Cable and you get Storm in here and you get I don't know. You get kind of you get uh uh bishop and you get like the story where this girl like wants a gift and bishop gets her to gift kind of i don't know how he gets it for her but he gives it to her and then she goes home and then she gives it to her like maybe her sister at home they don't they don't look anything alike maybe they're orphans i have no idea but she gives it to her non look look alike sister And both Wolverine and Bishop are like, you you could, their eyes tell the story of like, oh my god, look at that. There is faith in this world. Or there is, not faith, I don't know. There are good people in this world. (laughs) It was crap. The Spider-Man's, they led, they led the the book with the right story. Spider-Man's story was, was pretty good. That was a fun read.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Crap. Crap, mega crap. <laughs> you sound like JJ.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. spider man was a fun read. Once you could, you, if you have, you have Marvel. Oh, I don't know if they, I don't think they have it on there because that's why you didn't, why you weren't able to check it out. Well, right. you can go to the, uh, readallcomics.com. They're, uh, not a sponsor, but, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can find it there because you could find everything on that website. Read that Spider-Man story. Don't look any further.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. So <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. I I never really got into these holiday specials when I was a kid. Um, I didn't have any of them or anything like that. But I do remember my older sister having one. Um She never let me look at her comics, though. Like, it was very rare that she would actually let me look through her comics and everything. Uh, But I always liked seeing – there. it was one – I think it was uh, the thing was on the cover, and he was, like, covered in snow, and there was, like, mistletoe or something. And, yeah, I I I never even had a chance to read it, but I always thought it was funny. And, of course, it was one of those, like, 48-page monsters. So, like, it was bigger than any comic that I'd ever held or anything like that. So I always liked looking at the cover – uh, when I had the chance, but like, I never myself got into, I never read the annuals. I never got into any of the holiday specials. Um, this was the thing that like, I didn't even know they were still doing these throughout the last, you know, 30 or so odd years. Uh, there's quite a few of them on Marvel Unlimited though. Like if you just type in holiday or Christmas or Xmas or whatever, um, a lot of them come up. And so uh, you had sent me a photo of a, like a handful of the ones that you had. So I was looking through, Marvel Unlimited, and one of the ones that you had sent me that you have, uh, they had on here, and that was the 2007 Marvel <laughs> Holiday Special. <laughs> and, uh, so this one's got Spider-Man and Wolverine on the cover, and for whatever reason, like, Wolverine is sitting there, he's his t- typical surly looking self, and he's got, uh, Spider-Man's like wrapped him in um, Christmas lights. And he's hanging there from, like, the ceiling, um, just ho- kind of holding up the Christmas lights. There's, like, packages and stuff in the background and all that. Not packages, like presents and stuff. Uh But this was pretty good. At least the first story I really liked. Um, I actually liked the middle story. The last story was weird. Um but it was still pretty good. So the first story is called Piece of Cake, and it was written by two guys I've never heard of, and it was art from someone I'd never heard of, and it was inking from someone I'd never heard of. It was the, the writers are Andrew Farrago and Shannon K. Garrity. Never heard of them. Uh, the penciler was Liu Kang and not the one from Mortal Kombat. Um, <laughs> the inker was Craig Young. And the color lit the colorist I've heard of, Chris Sotomayor, I've heard of him. And then the letters are from Dave Sharp, and I've heard of that guy too. So I've heard of a few of these, but I'd never heard of all these. Um, after that you had like a one-page story from Fred Hembeck, well known from uh, Marvel Age. And then there was a second story called Secret Santa, written by C.B. Sabolski, and art from Alina Urusov, and letters from Dave Sharp. And then the last story, Meaning of Christmas. The writer was Mike Carey. The artist was Nelson. Uh, colorist Andrew Crossley and letterer Dave Sharp.
1: Did, you said the artist was Nelson? Nelson. Nelson. He did, um, oh, man. I want to say he did, I, I don't think it was Marvel Masterpieces. I remember Nelson from something from like the 90s. I remember that <laughs> did his signature. I'm gonna look it up. It'll be. Uh, this is an early plug for the Discord. Check the Discord. I'm gonna get that. I'm <laughs> gonna get that stuff on the Discord. There's a nelson. There's. I want to say there's a Wolverine Nelson. Man, I'm. I'm positive. I know that Nelson name from something. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Yeah. No. I, I. I just. You know. It's kind of a weird name to be like. I'm gonna be a one named person, and I'm gonna go with Nelson. Yeah. You know, like most of the people that use one name, it's like a a name that's unforgettable, like Madonna, you know, like Nelson.
1: I, Nelson, uh, man, I'm going to argue for it. Nelson is unforgettable because I remember I like did. I haven't seen that name in I guarantee 20 years, but I remember seeing I, one image. I. All right. I'm going to put it out there. I think the Nelson and I want to say it was Wizards. Big book of villains or something like that. It's got carnage on it. I think that was Nelson. <laughs> All right. That's Sweet. My, Yeah, I'm calling. I don't know. We'll post, see. It,
0: post it in the discord. Prove, prove yeah, yourself correct. I, I will. <laughs> All right. So this first story, piece of cake, it starts off with like Wolverine and he's walking through the sewers and he's singing a song. Um, I don't recognize. This, these words, I assume it's a Christmas song, but I probably not. It's Wolverine. Anyway, he's walking around. He's in the sewer. He's doing his whole like shtick. We're like, I'm the best there is at what I do. And I'm here to do a dirty job in this dirty sewer and, and all that. And then we, we cut to JJ, uh, JJJ, I guess. Um, and he wants Peter to deliver a cake for him somewhere. Um, I forget where. And it's like, it's this three layered cake. It's like this pink, it's like, it looks like a sweet 16 cake or like a quinceanera cake. Like it's this huge cake. Um I think you can tell it's a holiday cake because it has like some cranberries on it. But like, otherwise it's this like three layered pink cake. And eventually he is like, it's not in a box or anything. It's just, and it's just Peter. And so he's just carrying this giant cake That's as big as his entire upper body. And he's just like walking around the daily bugle building. He's getting in the elevator. He's going out into the streets of New York on like Christmas Eve with this cake, not in a box. Like I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know what it's like in the winter in New York city. So there, maybe there's not a whole lot of flies around or pigeons or whatever, But I still would think it's very dangerous to take a cake out onto the streets of New York that's not in a box in any way. Like, you're going to get bumped into. Someone's going to sneeze on the cake because there's people everywhere. Like, a a bus maybe is going to drive by, get some exhaust on your cake. Like, I don't know, man. This was 2007. Things weren't green yet. We were still just barely getting into the green stuff. So, like, you know those buses are running on, like, diesel, and that they, they can't be good. Uh so, Like, that was my biggest concern, reading these, like, eight pages, is, like, that cake has got to taste nasty by the time it gets delivered, wherever it is that he's taking it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, just this giant cake, not even a box or a cover, you know, nothing.
1: I think that I I haven't read this, but I'm guessing there's some foreshadowing going on with this non non boxed cake.
0: <laughs> Maybe I don't I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like, hey, Peter usually finds himself in sticky situations. Pun <laughs> no pun intended. Nope. Um, eventually, we we check back in with Wolverine. He's in the sewer. He comes across a Sentinel, and he's like. Trying to let the X-Men know, like, hey, this, you know, there's a sentinel down here, we need the X-Men and all that. But his like his thing isn't he's not getting any like uh reception down in the sewer. And then the sentinel turns on and so Wolverine's thinking, like, well crap. Um and you kind of tell that the sentinel is red and green, and you can sort of see if you if you're eagle-eyed, in one of these panels, his foot is kind of out of the sewer water. And he's definitely got like elf shoes with like a bell at the tip and everything. Um, and Wolverine is like, I know there's a man in there, like show yourself. And some crazed Santa like pops out from behind the head of the sentinel on his shoulder. And the first thing he says is like, have you been naughty or nice? And Wolverine's just like, Santa? What the heck? Um, and so they get into this fight. It turns out like he was the oldest tenured Santa. And so he got fired from his job because clearly they're non-union. And so so he didn't have the seniority. He was let go, and he's really mad about it. Um, and we can tell that, like, a battle is about to ensue. So at this point, we check back in with Spidey, really just Peter. And he's got the cake still. And, yeah, dude, there's, like, there's all these people in the street. And it's, like, a cloudy day. So at like, at any point, it can start raining or snowing on this cake that is not covered at all. Yeah, th- like, not good. But eventually he puts on his, uh, he, he puts on his Spider-Man suit and he like catches a ride on a bus. And it's about that time that he, he runs into uh, Wolverine. And so the two of them team up to stop the Sentinel. And like, that's pretty much it, man. Like, that's, that's the story. They fight the Sentinel. They defeat the, um, Poor Santa guy and eventually Spider-Man saves a kid, the kid calls him Ant-Man, and then um he delivers the cake.
2: No, he doesn't
0: deliver the cake, I lied. He uh he drops the cake on Wolverine's head. Um and uh all that he can bring to Aunt may is one slice. That's all that he has left. So apparently this giant cake that he was bringing from the daily bugle building. He was just bringing it home for his holiday party. And so all they had left was like one, one slice for Aunt May and that was it. And then uh J Jonah Jameson published a Christmas day story about how Peter and a Sentinel destroyed New York.
1: Sounds about right.
0: <laughs> like, like it was a fun story. It was a good story. Um The artwork here wasn't too bad. The writing was all right from these, from these guys. Um, as is usually the case in these like shorter kind of contrived holiday stories, there's not really a whole big point to it. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like Wolverine and Spider-Man kind of have a moment and stuff, so it's it's nice.
1: Yeah, sounds nice. <laughs> sounds like a fun read.
0: Yeah, it was it was fun. It's it's like 17 pages, so it was worth it. You know, quick read. Uh, we got a page from Fred Hembeck, which. It's just all the different Marvel heroes wearing Santa outfits. I don't know. I didn't really – there's, like – it was one page, and it was like, we're the Santa Brigade. And it was like, okay, cool. Thanks, Fred. <laughs> um, and then the next story, the Secret Santa story from um, from C.B. Sobolski. I actually liked this one. This one was actually really nice. I have no idea who these characters are. Um, this one girl, she's like in the bathroom looking at herself in the mirror and she's like, I'm a cyborg. This sucks. This is my first Christmas that I can remember. And then she goes out into a random apartment and it's like she's hanging out with this group of friends and you, you get the feeling that they're fairly young. You know, one of them is Julie Power from Power Pack. Um, she goes by the hero Lightspeed. One of them is some chick named Mickey Musashi named Turbo. One of them is Chris Powell, aka the Dark Hawk, who is like coming back into the, into the uh, limelight. Um, in present day, I mean. And then another one was a a dude named Ricochet and they all had like Secret Santa. They got each other these gifts that are like super deep and meaningful. And I don't know. It was just like a really heartfelt story. There's not really a whole lot to it. It's just these, like this group of, of young friends that get each other these like really nice, well thought out gifts and. Yeah, it was a sweet story. Um, the artwork was, was all right. And I actually, like, I read the whole story and was like, Oh, that was actually really sweet. Like it was, I don't know who these characters are, but like you kind of get the, the group dynamic as you're reading through it. And yeah, it's like very sweet. And then it ends with them. Um, there's one more surprise and one of the girls on the team had like signed them up to go be Santa Claus and all of his elves at like a local department store so that all the kids can tell Santa what they want. I don't know. It just, it's a really sweet story. Um, no idea who those characters are. I I've heard of Ricochet otherwise. And I've heard of, of the, you know, power pack. Um, yeah. but otherwise I don't know. And Darkhawk, I don't know who the rest of it. Like, I didn't know who, uh, the cyborg chick was or turbo or whatever. Never heard of her. So sweet story. And, uh, yeah, the last story was kind of weird. The one from Mike Carey and, uh, Nelson. And, um, it's like there's a dude who's an editor at the Daily Bugle and he sends one of his like beat reporters out to figure out the, the meaning of Christmas. And so this reporter kind of goes out and he kicks the tires. He goes to like the Fantastic Four. He's shot off into space. Um, he ends up on like Adelan, the home of the Inhumans. He ends up in Latveria, Trask industry. Like he goes all over the place, the bottom of the ocean to talk to Namor, Asgard, even like he goes all around. And eventually he like turns in his report to the editor guy. And, uh, the editor's like, all right, well, I'm giving you a 10% raise and a dead Turkey to cook and eat. And the guy's like over the moon, you know? Um, and then as he's leaving, you you'll notice that the uh, the name tag originally says like editor Griffin head of features and then in the last panel it says commander Griffin head of invasions and then the very last panel is like this dude crazily looking over the report of the meaning of christmas and he's got this little light and his shadow in the background is the shadow of a scroll so it's kind of like leading into secret invasion because this was coming out in in 2007 so that was kind of an interesting way to end the the story as well as like end the issue with like hey here's all these sweet like heartfelt christmas stories and then this guy's a scroll. <laughs>
1: huh. Yeah, that one's it's all interesting. I uh it's sounds like my silver, silver silver surfer story where uh where he's going all around um Surfers going all around the galaxy, looking for like, more or less, the meaning of Christmas. Um,
2: yeah.
1: I, w- I wonder, um, how they format those, if they if they have like, all right, you've got the fun story, you've got this story, we need something about the meaning of Christmas, and then we'll just pull something out of the out of the file cabinet for to, to fill in the last one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Get that, get that, Fred. Fred Hembeck, uh, single page. We need, we need one more page here. <laughs>
0: yeah, call Nelson. We haven't given him a job in twelve years.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Funny. Or it takes Nelson twelve years to do a job.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, the art <laughs> did look very uh, late '80s. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, he'd probably been working on that for fifteen years or so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Oh. Right.
0: Should we uh should we jump into the Mary X Men holidays special? Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. Let's for let's sure talk about this one. So I love the cover. I don't know, I don't know who the redhead is on the cover. I would assume Jean, but but I have no idea.
1: Yeah, that's who I assumed it was Jean.
0: Yeah, like it's she's really the only big redhead, right? And she's the same group with uh, Gambit and Rogue. And yeah. I, I like in the background, like they're, they're sitting there, like drinking their hot chocolate at this table and, and Gambit's just kind of off in the background. And then I like that through the window, you got Iceman, Storm, Nightcrawler, and Jubilee out there, um, having their little, uh, snow fight or snowball fight or whatever.
1: To tell you the truth, I never even noticed that until you said that right now. I always just looked at the three main characters oh, or yeah. the, the two girls mostly. Right. Um, yeah. I like I I love that I f- I forget the artist he signs his stuff as uh DNA yeah uh, David David Nakayama yeah I love his art yeah um, his art's great yeah yeah so sorry go ahead go uh
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's a uh, it's all good so this one was from 2018 um, so a little bit before the Hickman relaunch but at this point in time. Uh, they were starting to pay a little bit more attention to the mutants. They were starting to get, like, top guys, top artists to come back onto the book, um, and, and tell some stories. And so we had a lot of, like, status quo changing moments. We had, like, the Phoenix Resurrection story that, that brought Gene back, so that's probably who that's supposed to be then. Uh, we had, like, the whole thing with the Resurrection relaunch where, like, Kitty Pride was the leader of the X-Men and they were back in, New York City, like in Central Park, like there were a lot of different things they were trying on before the, the Hickman era really kind of came to fruition. Um, so it was nice to see this holiday special. Again, I didn't really even know that this was out in 2018. Like I probably would have bought it and checked it out. it just for the, the Nakayama cover, but um, I like this. The way that they approached this one was a lot different than the holiday specials that we'd covered before, where it was like two or three kind of medium length stories and like one small story. This one is a lot of like one page or two page stories. And it's supposed to take place throughout like the whole month. Like the first story starts on December 1st. The second story is December 2nd. And then we go up to December 3rd. So we're kind of going through um again, we get to some of them that are multiple day stories or whatever. But I, I I couldn't remember if it went through every day of December, but it looks like it does. Like it, we go from December 1st all the way up to December 25th. And then that's like the final story. And it's the longer like five page story. So you want to just like we can take like, I don't know, five at a time, like five, five days at a time. Yeah. OK, sure. Cool. Uh, so, so I'll kick us off the first story and like all of these, most of these stories are like one page stories each, which are pretty interesting. And then they all have like the different people involved in telling the story. So the first one, December 1st, it's Jubilee in Mele Kalikimaka. So uh thank you, Christmas Vacation, for teaching me how to pronounce that. <laughs> Um So this was a story from Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, art from Marco Fela, and uh color art from Israel Silva. And it's uh, Jubilee, and she's packing for a holiday vacation she's going to take with her son Shogo to Hawaii. And so they pack up. Shogo sees a little Banff doll. She gives it to him. And then as they're leaving the mansion, there seems to be this weird, like, metallic contraption that comes down and captures them. And that's the first page. Um then we go to December 2nd. We have Kitty Pride in Never Again. And even though it said Kitty Pride, I didn't real I, I didn't realize that was Kitty Pride because she's blonde. Um and I'm like, yeah, Kitty's not blonde. And she doesn't have long hair like that either, but whatever. Um so this was from Chris Claremont. We have art from Terry and Rachel Dodson, and then colors from Chris Sotomayor. And the weird thing about this too is like I usually really like Terry and Rachel Dodson but this one picture is like way beneath their skill level. Like I would not have guessed this was a Dodson art just by looking at it. Like this is really But anyway it's like it's Kitty and she's um saying a prayer in Hebrew and I'm not going to pronounce it because I can't pronounce Hebrew. Um, but it's a, it's a Hanukkah prayer that you say when you light one of the candles on a menorah and that's what she's doing. She's lighting the first candle here and I don't know. It's kind of a non, not nonsensical, but like kind of a pointless story because nothing ever comes of it in the story. Kitty is like a lot of people died in Genosha and so I'm going to become president.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, and you have X 23 in the background.
0: Yeah, I think she like, right? I, I, w- I would assume that's, that's who that is.
1: That's got to be who that is.
0: But she does mention that. She, so she's talking about all the spirits and she says that all that's left of these people are ghosts, spirits embodied through the person of a kid who calls herself wicked. So th- I assume that that's who that was. But it definitely does look like Laura.
1: <laughs> I don't know who wicked is.
0: Yeah, me neither. And that's kind of a weird sentence embodied through the person of a kid who calls herself yeah. wicked like okay sure yeah all right like not chris claremont's best single page story i don't know yeah um and like it never comes up again in this issue so
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh third we have De- uh december 3rd wolverine in hot claws for hanukkah um and uh script charles soul art from ryan brown and color art from jordan boyd and this was uh, this was like a random one it's like a dude he's out and he's shoveling his driveway um and they're like oh no how are we going to get to the family's house in time and then all of a sudden these like ninjas come running by and wolverine chases them and his hot claws melt all the snow and so the mom says those hot claws just saved hanukkah hashtag hot claws because this is when Charles Soule was really trying to get the hot cloth thing to stick and none of us were buying it.
1: <laughs> yeah. The hot cloths were terrible.
0: Yeah. I'm like, luckily they got rid of that pretty quickly. Next up. We have December 4th, Jean gray in dreaming of a Wade Christmas and script from Jean gray, uh, art from Sean crystal color art from Rico Renzi. And, uh, uh, this story was weird. Um it to me it didn't really flow like from panel to panel. The dialogue didn't really match up. Um ultimately it's like Wade and Jean, like Deadpool and Jean are hanging out on Christmas, but they're like they're I don't know, their conversation it was was kinda hard to follow. Ultimately they realize they're not supposed to be there or together. And then in the very last panel you see that it's like a little girl's dollhouse and she's playing with her dolls. So that was yeah. that was weird. <laughs> and then yeah, uh, I-
1: yeah, I guess you end up seeing like that girl's the she's the one telling the story. Maybe that like that's why it's so mixed up and right doesn't yeah. make sense, right?
0: Like it's kinda of skipping around and stuff, yeah. The
1: the one like I think this this comic, this this issue is my favorite. I'm a big I don't know, Christmas issue. I have a section in my in my in my comic boxes for Christmas issues. <laughs> This is, I really like this issue. Um, it's strange because I really like it, but then I also, like, there's a lot of stuff I don't like about it. And this kind of speaks to one of those things where they, I, I think they focus on a lot of uh stuff that's happening in the then and now of mm. that time, like the mm. hot claws, you know, um, me and you know of the hot claws, but I think in, like, five more years, somebody would see hot claws and, like, what the hell is that? You know, but <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much of that in this comic where it's, like, what? Like, oh, yeah, that was going on at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder, like, if this girl – I see that girl all the way at the very end, and I remember the comic um, – the worst X Man ever, oh, and she yeah. kind of reminds me of a girl from that comic because I really love that one. But I <laughs> I don't know if like it's me projecting and making like trying to connect the two or not. Like I feel like I should know that girl. Maybe she's nothing, you know. Maybe it's just make believe, or maybe it was just some. Maybe she's Maybelline. <laughs> 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 um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's this this issue itself does a lot of stuff that's just kind of of the time right yes so right.
0: december no it's all good so december 5th we have nature girl in i hate christmas so this will bring it back to earlier so we have script from zach thompson and lonnie nadler and then art and colors from Amil Carpina. and uh it's nature girl and she's like walking around she sees colossus chopping down a tree she sees all the X-Men decorating it. She laments that they didn't just get a plastic tree because it doesn't feel authentic or smell good. Um, and then she's like leaving, walking around and she's like just seeing all these like tree corpses everywhere. And, uh, yeah, she just says that she hates Christmas because for it's like a whole month of her having to listen to trees dying. <laughs> and it's like, okay, all right. We're getting a little, uh, a little heavy handed here, but sure.
1: Yeah, that one's a yeah, a little heavy-handed, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so I think yeah. Do you want to take the next five?
1: Yeah, sure. December sixth, we get uh, we get Jubes in Jingle All the. Wait a minute. With a script by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, art by Marco Fela, color art Israel Silva. Uh we get Jubilee with Shogo living in a tent in a mall. She, they wake up, she's I don't know, ends up being a little kinda I maybe confused. They're they're in a mall. Yep. Um that's that seems to be uh the overall story of the comic kinda is starting to revolve a little bit around Jubilee you're starting to see like i think that's the first recurring character we see right
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah uh december 7th we get gambit in the cheech i don't sure. know how to say that word <laughs> cheech who stole christmas uh script by i we're starting to get people i have no idea who these people are styles p and poobs luciano uh vecchio and color art by carlos lopez um gambit's performance some kind of magic trick for kids they say something and it looks like there's a a morlock these kids look like mutants we we have like a morlock look-alike we have um a nightcrawler look-alike and then i don't know who that last one is you probably know who these people are, and I'm probably way off with these people. That Morlock look like he has no nose, and he's mm. got like an alien-looking thing on his whatever. Um, and the last one, I remember Psylocke having something over her eye that looks like that. It's either Psylocke's child or uh, Deathblow's kid, because she's got something over an eye and she has no pupil. Mm. But um the kids make a reference to somebody stealing all the presents, all the Wolverine toys. And now and then the last panel we see Gambit dropping into a, like a warehouse to to take the toys for the kids, I guess. Yeah. Uh fun little thing. And now we have December 8th, which is uh, like a second kind of recurring storyline, I think. I think we see a couple uh pages with this, which is really fun. I, this is like one of my favorites of the of the comic. We have Iceman and White Elephant, script by Cena Grace, art by Corey Smith, color art by Jordan Boyd. Uh, I don't know if it's at this point. I know Cena Grace did a lot of uh, um, Iceman stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I I imagine it was at this time. Yeah, but we have. Uh, Iceman talking about being left in charge to do some kind of holiday theme party. I think he was put in charge by Kitty Pride. Like one, uh, the first panel you see like a bunch of X-Men, but it's like, a it's like all the newer X-Men. So you have, uh, you have Glob Herman, you have, uh, uh x23 in there you have a handful of people you have dupe dupes in there (laughs) yeah you have a bunch you have the, the who's the fairy girl with the with the wings and stuff pixie pixie thank you yeah you have a bunch of people you have skin in the next panel and uh and then you go through like a like a little they got a bunch of panels of their white elephants which is fun to read um it was a, it was a fun little one page. i man, I really, this is my favorite issue is, I, the one, one page stories, there's a lot of words. Like these writers, most of these writers did a lot of work to like put like, they jammed like a, they had to jam like a story in the one page. And then the art's usually pretty good. The stories are pretty good for the most part. It's, just a good comic. Yeah. Uh, December ninth we got Magneto in the Impossible Enemy script by Cullen Bunn, art by Roland Bashi, color by Dan Brown. Uh we get uh Magneto Magneto uh, like how can like this is how could uh Magneto's being reminded of the the meaning of Hanukkah and the menorah by a couple of children. It's like yeah. Yeah, I don't like anybody could tell the story. But it's Colin Bun. Colin Bunn. How could you not like it? Yeah. Um good story. December tenth, we got Storm and Christmas Jeer by Charlemagne the God. I wonder who there's this is like the second time I've seen a script by somebody with like a like a goofy moniker. I wonder what that what, what the deal was with that. Uh I wonder if that was like a DC person that like had to go by like something goofy because they were under contract or something. Or if that <laughs> was is there somebody actually that goes by Charlemagne the God?
0: I have no idea. I, I feel like there was a musician a few I don't know, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe you're uh, right. You you I could don't. definitely be right.
1: The art is Aletha E. Martinez? I have no idea. J. David Ramos. I don't know who any of these people are. Um Storm references Charlemagne the God in, like, her the first panel or something. She's mm. clearly wearing, like, um, Apple eye, what are the, earbuds? I, I don't know, what are the earbuds, earbuds? Earbuds, yeah. She's clearly wearing earbuds. Uh, she's talking to some goofy guy. She does some, she makes a, a rain cloud, a, a, a pair above a guy that's, like, racist. Are you racist if you don't like mutants?
0: Yeah, I think so. But he also, he calls her mutant lady and he he calls yeah. Wakanda like a there's like a cuss word in in here.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's if he's not a racist, he's at least a bigot so yeah. she uh she has like a rain cloud up here above him, and then like he some for whatever reason he throws his baseball cap on the ground, which I love, like there's a rain cloud like with with like lightning bolts and lightning bolts and rain, and he throws his his baseball cap on the ground <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, "What in the name of ham jeez, it's so funny, and then he runs off with with lightning bolts hitting his hitting his bare head now. It's yeah. so funny. Uh, <laughs> and then that's the last one it's like we didn't plan this I don't think we, unless you planned it but every five, every five pages we go back to Jubes
0: I didn't plan it no but yeah I'm seeing that now and then here we are <laughs> like
1: yeah, de- December
0: 11th we have Jubilee in Deck the Malls so we're back to our Chris Sims and Chad Bowers uh, Marco Fila and Israel Silva and then yeah, so it says you know on on December eleventh, Jubilee spent time with friends and family, and she's like she's still in the mall. She's uh it's been snowing for the last five days. She's got like a shopping cart. She's trying to push Shogo. They're both now wearing like a Christmas not Christmas gear but like winter coats and stuff. And they're running through and they're like they're being chased by all these robots of Marvel heroes. You got like Mr. Fantastic and the thing. You've got Captain America, Hulk and Iron Man. You've got Wolvie and you've got Spider-Man. And uh, they're all wearing like Christmas costumes or I mean Santa costumes. And they're all saying like mine. And apparently they're trying to get Shogo's Banff doll, which unfortunately he drops as they're running away. Because they start sliding on the snow and uh Jubilee's like, We'll get it back, I swear. And then uh, you see the little bamp doll on the ground in the in the snow. It's very sad. Then we go to uh December twelfth, Dr. Nemesis in the Giving season, script from Christopher Daniels, art from Ray Anthony height and LeBeau Underwood, color art from J. David Ramos. And uh yeah, I didn't really like this one. <laughs> um, it's, uh, apparently Beast has gotten a gift for Dr. Rao. Apparently he found out she's a big Star Wars fan. So he got her a boxed set of all eight episodes because, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. That one wasn't out yet. Um, and he like, Beast is going through, uh, like a, you know, a conversation in his head. Apparently you kind of get the feeling that maybe he's got some feelings for Dr. Rao. But then she runs by and she's like, I got, I got the best gift ever. It's an, it's an autographed original script of The Last Jedi, <laughs> yeah. autographed by Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley and, uh, I disagree that it's the best gift ever, but Hey, you know, it's, it's subjective. It's subjective, right? Like for her, that probably is. Yeah. Um And so beast calls up Dr. Nemesis and he's like, why would you tell me she was a star Wars fan? Knowing that you already got her the best star Wars gift a star Wars fan could get. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the best gift a star Wars fan could get, but as a star Wars fan, if I was out of toilet paper and I had that script, it would still come in handy.
1: I I would say it's a, at least it's better than Beast Gift. I think I'd rather. I have, as a Star Wars fan, I really don't. I'm guessing Daisy Ridley is Ray. Yeah, I'm not positive. She is. Yeah. I am not. Po- I'm literally not positive, <laughs> but I'm guessing yeah. that's her. And i I would say I'm above average star Wars fan and that's better than beast gift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is like, there's definitely a memorabilia here. Like he got her all eight episodes fully remastered. It's like, does one through three and eight need to be remastered yet? Like they're within the last 20 years. And at the time, like seven and eight do the, like those were brand like 2015 and 2018. Like, I, f- I feel like this was written because it came out December of 2018, which is when I think – when did the last – was The Last Jedi 2018 or 2017? I don't even know. It was probably 2017, oh, yeah, so it was yeah. probably like a year later. Right, yeah, because it was 2015 was Force Awakens and then 2016 was uh um, Rogue One. Yeah, so maybe – Maybe it was like 2016. Like maybe this movie had been out for a couple of years, but I don't. I don't remember. Either way, like
1: mm. it's strange. I see that, and I'm like, you got me an incomplete gift. Like I, you got me like an incomplete <laughs> box set. Like what the hell? There's yeah. Clear, clearly, there's going to be nine movies of this box set, and you got me like it, it's inc- thanks for nothing.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and was, so we go to December 13. This one was a, was an interesting one. Um, So Rogue and Gambit, Gambit in Christmas Catastrophe, script from Kelly Thompson, art from David Lopez, colors from Chris Sotomayor, and apparently Rogue and Gambit are cat ladies, and they've got, like, at least three cats in here. It looks like they have to give medicine to one of them, but it knows, and so it runs around and defeats them. They eventually, like, crash into each other and fall into the Christmas tree, and then Rogue gives Gambit a little kiss. So it's you know, a little sweet one-page story. I don't really know what the point of it was, but, like, yeah, whatever. Just doing normal stuff and then, you know, a little kiss on the cheek from Rogue at the end. So can't really say no to that. Yep. <laughs> December 14, we got Old Man Logan in The Gift That Keeps On Giving. We got Script Art and Colors from Chip Zdarsky. And uh Old Man Logan, he's out there, he's cutting wood, Nightcrawler comes up, and he's like, oh, this is, you know, th- this is why the firewood here always looks the same. And he gives Wolverine a picture of himself, which is a play on the fact that Wolverine gave him a picture, Wolverine gave Nightcrawler a framed picture of Wolverine for Christmas one year in one of the X-Men comic books. It says X-Men king size annual volume number one or volume one, number four. But I feel like this was also in maybe one of the annuals as well. well yeah. King size annual. Duh. Like, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> like, so there you go. Um, and so nightcrawler returns the favor and he gives Wolverine a, uh, framed photo of
1: nightcrawler. I
0: thought that was funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was funny. Um, and then,
0: and then we got uh, December 15 Cannonball in Home for the Holidays script Al Ewing art PJ Holden color art from Antonio Fabella and Yeah this this one uh, whatever um apparently they sell they have a winter solstice on one of the Worlds of the Shi'ar where Cannonball and Smasher and his his baby Izzy live um, and they're flying through, and it's there's holidays.
1: This again goes to like what I was saying earlier. Like I have no idea what's going on here. Like the story <laughs> makes no sense. Like that must have been what's going on at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I this is like some of my favorite art of this of this issue. I think the art's really good, right? I have no idea who the hell this PJ Holden guy is. But
0: he maybe he. Draws Ghostbusters because it looks like Slimer. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah, it looks like Slimer. Um, yeah, I like the art. I think the art's cool. Yeah. Uh, so then Nick gets to meet December 16th, Domino in the Naughty List. Uh, Art, Script, and Color by Anthony Piper. Um, we see, like right in the middle of this issue, we see like a really dark one page story where Domino kills a guy <laughs> shoots uh, shoots a guy right through the head for um I don't know maybe attempting something that good I'll keep it clean and <laughs> just allude to him chasing down a girl in an office. He just closed a big deal on something. and wanted a little bit more than what he should expect from one of his employees. And Domino was there to save the day. <laughs> yep. it's, a, it's a little dark for a Christmas story. Oh, yeah. um, but maybe not as dark as our next issue. So that that is left up uh, for debate, which I look forward to on the Discord. I hope we have people talking about that. All right. Uh, December 17th, the Bradicks in Baby Steps. Again, something else that, like, must have been going on at this time because this is so confusing. I have no idea what the hell is going on here. But a script by Leah Williams, who I don't know who that is, uh, art by Marcio Takara. I have no idea who that is. Color up by Chris O'Hallahan. O'Halloran. We have a baby talking. The first couple panels, the baby talking, and it says, "Can you not film me, please? I'm uncomfortable for per, performing, performing with this level of scrutiny. I have no idea why this baby is talking. I don't know. It seems strange. I guess that's, um Megan mm-hmm. is recording. She's wearing an ugly Christmas sweater." By the purple hair, I'm guessing we have Psylocke, and because we have the Braddock's, I'm guessing that's Psylocke. And then we have a guy walking in that looks kind of burly looking, and he's got one of those really terrible haircuts where it's got a beard and kind of like a long hair on top with shaved sides. And we end up finding out that that's uh, Brian. She's he hugs uh what's your name? Betty. So that's Silock and then it's oh nice to see you, Brian. Alright, it's Christmas. It's this isn't one of the this is one of the lower one page stories. December eighteenth, we get one of the better one page stories because it stars Glob <laughs> Herman in Deck the Halls. Script by Ed Brisson, art by Harry Perez and Color Art by Chris Sotomayor. Uh I don't know what script Ed Brisson did because all we get is whack 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 skrr and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> But we get Glob Herman and Glob Herman's awesome. I was trying to find any way to put Glob Herman in as uh, as Santa Claus, but I could not find a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. But it's better than like the last I don't know, at least the last page. <laughs> yeah. Uh December nineteenth, we get Gabby Kinney as Secret Santa. Otherwise, uh, Gabby Kinney I don't know who Gabby Kinney is. Is Gabby Kinney like a clone of a clone? Who the hell is Gabby Kinney?
0: Okay. So, yes, I love this question because I love Gabby. I'm a huge Gabby fan. So in All-New Wolverine, when, uh, when, Wolverine, when Logan was dead and Laura kind of stepped up and took over the role and became the All-New Wolverine with like the blue and yellow costume, one of the first stories is we find out that she has been cloned a bunch of times. Um, there's like four clones that are chasing her. I think it was the storyline was called like the four sisters. And eventually they find out that there was another clone named Gabby. And like all the other clone sisters are evil and they're they're trying to kill Laura. Gabby is nice and Laura ends up like adopting Gabby to be like her little sister. And so the two of them live together in an apartment in New York and a lot of the All New Wolverine stories feature Laura and Gabby. And Gabby is awesome. I love Gabby so much.
1: Okay. So that would have been nice for this one page story, because I had no idea what the hell was going on. I do like the art. Um uh Gabby Kinney and Secret Santa. Script by Vita I uh, art by Pere Perez. Color art Chris O'Hala hand. Um oh, I believe the writer and the artist went on to do stuff. I know Vita uh did stuff with, um, during the Hickman run. Mm-hmm. And I think the other guy did too, yep. but there's a, there's a lot of writing. There's a lot of stuff in this. It's fun. Uh, we get, I guess Gabby ripping open a gift given to her by, I know, I can't say anything other than X 23. Um, she she rips open this gift. She's all excited. She runs around to a bunch of different X-Men like, oh, you gave me the gift. You gave me the gift. You gave me the gift. What, who's it smell like? Oh, It smells like a sister. And then she says, happy x Mindy. But the whole time – and it's – so even though you explained that, I still don't understand. Because Min, I thought – I don't know. Mindy is clearly one of the cuckoos. Yeah. And then it's – and then Gabby. So I don't understand. I understood the, the sister part, but I don't, how is a cuckoo, a cuckoo's a sister of Gabby?
0: No, I think what Gabby meant was that it smells like it was given to her by sisters. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and so, <laughs> so after All New Wolverine ended, Laura went back to using the name X23 and she had her own, series again, written by Mariko Tamaki. And in that story, it actually dealt with, um I think the four remaining cuckoos bringing the final cuckoo back, the final cuckoo sister back alive. And then it, their whole story, it only lasted for a while, but their whole story dealt with like Laura and Gabby as sisters, and then the five cuckoos as sisters, and then their relationships together. So that's where that background comes from
1: okay all
2: right
0: also i love gabby's
1: pjs (laughs) yeah that's funny yeah um all right so this was probably a really good one page story for the crazy people like you that know everything (laughs) i you know what i still enjoyed it the art was good it was the art was really good in this this is probably the best art of this comic yeah yeah yeah, it was a fun read. Am I reading December twentieth? Uh, or is it you? Yeah, no, it's you. It's me. December twentieth. We we're back to jubes. Uh and all I want for Christmas is you. Uh by Chris Sims, Chad Bowers, our by Marco Fela, Israel Silva doing the colors. We uh December twenty first which doesn't make sense. It's December twentieth, and then the first panel says on December twenty first. I somebody mixed it up. Yeah. Um we get a countdown five, four, three, two, one, uh Jubilee, it's just a couple of handful of panels where Jubilee's running and going to grab the BAMP stuffed animal for Shogo. And Jubilee's got rollerblades on. I don't think she had rollerblades on previously, did she? No, Maybe no, because it was
0: snowing when they lost the band.
1: Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, because this this whole comic, like she's jumping around, like, um, it's like all over the place. It's a little yeah. confusing, but I think it'll make sense in the end.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, but no, you're right. They they definitely mixed that up by putting that on the twentieth and not the twenty-first. Um yeah. so so this one we get uh Hope Summers in the Longest Night. Uh script from Teeny Howard, art from Brent Schoonover, color art from Chris O'Halloran. It says Bobby Drake's first annual winter solstice party. So it kind of harkens back to the one page story that you had that was from Cinegrace. Grace. Um, and it's like showing us a different side of the party. Like you had the white elephant with all the ex kids. This is kind of like the older people just like hanging out. Like Wolverine's got like olives on his claws. Deadpool's there in a a holiday sweater. Beast is there and all that. Um, and hope is just like sitting in a chair watching something. Um, and so Bobby comes over and he's like, Hey, you know, like you got to come join the festivities. You can't just watch this. And he grabs her phone from her and she's like watching a um, video of when Cable was protecting her when she was a baby. And uh he just kind of mentions that sometimes you got to stay up all night because um, when, you know, the longest night uh stay up all night when the night seems longest. Because when you see the sun in the morning, that means you got hope again. So uh, it's just kind of a sweet little story. Just one page. I kind of like the art. um, in this one as well. Uh, next up, we've got another beast story. This is another sad one. So Hank McCoy in blue Christmas script from rainbow Roel art from Chris Anka color art from Matthew Wilson. And in this one, like beast has returned home for the holidays and he's in his old room and he's looking at, you know, pictures of when he won the science fair and when he was the football player. And he's got, Um, all these first place medals and he's in his room with the lights off kind of dim and everything. And he's like, his parents are talking about him from outside the room, which is real sad. And they're just like saying stuff like he looks different. He always looks different and he's always alone. And I just, I wish that he, you know, would bring someone home with him for a change and all this. And the dad's like, yeah, you, you know, some, someone blue and furry. I don't know. It's just, it's real sad. Um And then his mom's like, come on, Hank, we're going to be late for church. And so he's like, come in, mom. And yeah, I don't, it's like, like, God, what a what a freaking downer, man. Like, this is supposed to be a holiday special. We're supposed to be in the holiday spirit. And they're like, no, no. Remember, sometimes families say really hurtful stuff. I'm like, did we really need such a sad story? It, it, it kind of makes me mad because I don't even like beasts anymore. Like comic book Beast just sucks now. And I don't want to feel sorry for him, but I do. Like, in this one, I, I, I feel so bad for Hank in this, in this one page story. But, like, I haven't liked Beast since, like, I don't know, 2012. Like, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks now. Yeah. Uh, 23, uh, this one, I didn't, I wasn't really following this one when I read it. Um, Nightcrawler in, and to all a good Nightcrawler. Script from Seamus Esoteric Ryan, so I think maybe <laughs> that's like a hint that if I don't have this the required knowledge, I'm not going to get it. Um, art from Michael Shelfer, color art from Federico Blee. The one thing I do like is the there's they're at a toy store and it says Cockerman and Ween's Toys since 1975. So I love that reference to giant size X Men um, and the the co creators of Nightcrawler. Love it. Uh, But it's like, it's these kids that are sitting like outside of a toy store and then Nightcrawler teleports in and says something about like breaking in. I have like, I have no idea what was happening. And then the Bamps all showed up at the end and there's like a lady with a rolling pin. Like, I have no idea what the heck was going on with this story.
1: There's a lot of
0: words on this page, too.
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) There's an awful lot of words. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Whatever. Like, I had no idea what was going on. Um, December twenty fourth, we have Jamie Madrox in the Gift of the Madri, script from Matthew Rosenberg, art from Andy McDonald, and color art from Tamra Bonvillain. And in this this one, um, Gambit gave a watch that belonged to Winston Churchill as a gift to Jamie Madrox, and then Jamie's like, "Oh crap! I forgot who I picked for Secret Santa." And Gambit's like, oh, like, no way, no, like, nah, Mona, me, like, we, we get gifts for everyone now. And Jamie's like, what the heck? It's like 230 X-Men. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? And he like hits himself on the forehead, you know, like, duh. And then he multiplies. And when he does, he is holding the watch and he's like, oh yeah. And so the next morning, um, Storm walks in and she's like, "Y'all are not going to not y'all. That she's not Rogue. She says, "Wow, you all are not <laughs> going to believe what Jamie Madrox gave me for Christmas." And then she walks in and she sees that he gave that watch to literally everybody and she's like, "That son of a" and then the story. Is, I don't I liked it.
1: I liked it a lot too. It was it was funny. It um I went back to a couple panels to to really understand what was going on. It was a, yeah, it was really funny. I thought you'd appreciate it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I thought it was, a, it was a perfect story for for us for tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. So December twenty fifth. I'll let you walk us through. Yeah. The last uh, what five or six pages here
1: you know it's funny too, uh December 24th looking at looking at the panels the uh the artwork you have Jamie Matrix with uh with the mutant M over his eye so that's like another thing of the time like you, you me and you reading it right now we take a thread f- then, like oh yeah okay. we don't even think about it but somebody else reading it, it's like what the hell is that right <laughs> yeah yeah so this December twenty fifth. This is where like I I bought this uh, in my collection. I haven't read it until this day, until literally today, as we're speaking about it. And I hit December twenty-fifth and I'm like, holy sh holy cow. This <laughs> is perfect. Like this is like, this I love this comic. Arcade is like my favorite X-Men villain. <laughs> I, I, it goes back to like the, the to the Marvel cards like when I was a kid when I, in the 90s or whatever I just love the image of there's one image with, with arcade holding like a couple of dice or whatever like that it just looked so I thought he was like the coolest looking character in that one image um, yeah so there's, it was awesome. I did not see this coming at all December 25th arcade in walking in a winter murder land <laughs> It's like a huge smile that comes onto my face. Script by Chris Simpson, Chad Bowers, art by Marco Fela. I feel like I said that guy's name three different ways throughout this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Maybe not. Cover art by Israel Silva. Um, we figure out that Jubilee has been in a winter murder land. It's awesome! It, Arcade is – I don't know who he's working for. He's working for a, a, a few people that he built. I wrote notes about this. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – he calls it Murder Mall. Mary X is a Murder Mall, it's, and he describes it to these people. He pitches it as an escape room and Black Friday all in one. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> 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 It's so funny. He's so excited. My only problem with arcade is his hair. He's got like more manageable than usual. He's got an ugly, ugly Christmas sweater that has like skulls and and crossbones and (laughs) flakes on it. It's so funny. One of the people he's working for like three different people, and one person keeps on getting nagged by his daughter, or or kids in the room over. It's. It's funny. He's talking to, like, these people aren't, like, on floating images on, like, screens and a black whatever. I have no idea. Um, He's talking to him, and he says... He's described, they say it's a terrible idea because people people are going to die. And he says, even the weakest X-Man can survive. And they're like, you put an X-Man here? And the weakest X-Man is, of course, Jubilee, right? Uh, It's like, well, she she survived for weeks with a child. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And then. She she like bursts through I don't know what she bursts through a screen with a shopping cart I don't know what kind of mall she's in with a shopping cart and she says Merry Christmas you filthy animal of course for the best Christmas movie ever Home Alone right and then I don't know if this is a sound effect or she says it it's really hard to understand either way I love it it says Juby Boom. <laughs> It's awesome. Juby boom. It's so much fun. And then he's like, he's stuttering. Ho, 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 And then one second, she explains it to him. She's show goes like he's, he says Christmas with with his little goofy um, stuffed animal, Banff. uh, whatever, Storm. And uh Nightcrawler come, he bamps in, he's got an ugly Christmas sweater on. It's why wouldn't he? He's a Catholic with an ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. It matches his it's red. He wears red, right? It's perfect. I don't oh, think yeah. he had an ugly Christmas sweater on prior to this. Arcade's ugly Christmas sweater is green. We're keeping up with the Christmas motif, red and green, right? It's it's perfect. Uh the final panel we have Shogo in the shopping cart. Again, I don't think he was in the shopping. Oh, I guess he was in the shopping cart the whole time. And he calls uh Nightcrawler Big BAMF. It's so cute and adorable. And he's hugging his little BAMF. It's awesome. The final thing says happy holidays, everyone, with a little asterisk that says except arcade. I can't <laughs> think this comic man, it... It meant so much to me. I love it. Arcade was like the, the cherry on the top of the Sunday. The, the Nightcrawler page, the single Nightcrawler page, there was so much German on this page. I text my daughter, all this child is, uh, is, is a German, is a, went to my, the town I, the town my, my daughter's high school is in is like a traditionally German town, I guess. They teach German in high school. My daughter went to Germany last year. We had a German kid come here as a foreign exchange deal. I text her, I'm like, hey, what did Nightcrawler say? Or I didn't even say that. I just text her the words. And I'm like <laughs> Nightcrawler says Got im Himmel I don't know what that mean. I don't know. God in heaven. Yeah. I'm like, what's that mean? She says Got in heaven. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I thought so. Thanks. And then I responded to her. I didn't even ask this time. I said, tut mir echt leid." And she responds, are you saying sorry? And I said, maybe. What's that mean? And she says, it means sorry. Uh, I'm really sorry. I said, okay. <laughs> In a comic, Neu from the X-Men is German. Oh, I was wondering why you were asking. <laughs> and I explained to her, I'm about to record a podcast about it, and I'm going to say, ask Google, I have a German-speaking kid in-house. Nice. She responds, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I I love this comic, man. It speaks to me at so many levels. I got to, I got to interact with my oldest child. I got my, my, my arcade. I love, uh, I'm not just fronting here, man. I love arcade so much. Go to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push the discord once again. Go to the discord. I'm sure I've, I've shared it there before. I'm gonna share it once again. I actually commissioned a piece from one of my favorite artists and that piece was Arcade in Murder World. After getting the black and white piece, I liked it so much, I paid this guy extra money to color it. I love, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Arcade. I don't think anybody else has commissioned Arcade before. I don't think anyone has. This guy sells prints of all of his commissions except for mine. Why? Because nobody wants to buy a print of Arcade because Arcade sucks. I'm the only one that likes Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the Discord. Check out my arcade uh commission. It is awesome.
0: And and to keep it tied into the Christmas feel, I think it was last year's Snychtimus holiday special uh that that we decided that Macaulay Culkin is the only acceptable fan cast to play arcade in a live action movie because of his role as Kevin McAllister.
1: That is a hundred percent correct. I, I think I would wager that it's a hundred percent correct. How are we going to sneak him into the, next year's Xmas special?
0: Oh, he's in. Like you said, man, the the greatest Christmas movie of all time, Home Alone. So it shouldn't be too hard to, to land on, yes. on Macaulay Culkin some some way.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so funny.
0: There's the. <laughs> I pulled up the Discord. Oh, I'm looking at the arcade. There it yeah. is! Holy cow! Look
1: at that! Nice, so, nice. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Oh man! All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Yeah this this was an awesome issue. the The Jubilee story was great. So many of these little one page stories were packed with like so much heart and happiness, and, and some with sadness. Um, a couple were a little nonsensical, but like hey, you know whatever. They can't all be winners. Um, Going back to the Excalibur one, the uh, Leah Williams that wrote that one page story was like the co-writer of the Excalibur X-Men gold annual from like 2018. And in that story, uh, Nightcrawler and Rachel go to visit Megan and Brian. And wow. I think I, I can't remember if Kitty goes or not, um, but the, it's like a little Excalibur reunion and they, they meet, you know, Brian and Megan's kid, and she starts talking, and yeah, she's like super smart, and she talks like a regular adult. It's very weird. Um I would wager that it's based on the little kid from The Twilight, the the like the 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 main girl and the main vampire's little daughter, because she was kind of like that because she grew really fast, so she was like talking even though she was a kid. I don't know. I, that's my guess. This is probably inspired by that. I don't know, but that's where that kid came from. You're like, I don't know what the hell's going on with this kid. She's from that, that Leo uh, wrote. So she's just pulling right. in her own stuff. Yeah.
1: Makes sense. I guess.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I love the, uh, I, lo- I love that Jubilee story. I got to read more because I know that those guys, um, Bowers and Sims were the ones that wrote. X Men 92. And I think oh, during oh. the Hickman era when it returned, they did like an X Men 92 return. I think they came in and wrote, so it was like House of 92, I think. And then I'm not sure if they've written that, but I know that they wrote X Men 92 for a while. And it was, I think I read like the first, the first story, which is like The World is a Vampire. Oh. Uh, yeah. I read that. I didn't know, that's good.
1: I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. There's... Those pages were fun. Yeah, know, for sure. A lot of fun. A lot of fun.
0: I love Jubilee, dude. Like I didn't as a kid at all. I was just like, oh, she's the annoying teenage girl from the X Men team. Like as an adult, I'm like, man, she's so great. Like I, I totally missed out on like a Jubilee crush as a kid because I was too busy like teenage girls are stupid instead of like <laughs> teenage girls are awesome. You know, like I yeah. totally missed out. You know, like every like going back to the Uncanny X Cast, right? Like Brian Perillo had a big crush on Kitty Pride, Like she was the teen crush. Like. I totally missed out on having a a Jubilee crush as a kid. I
1: I think it's funny how like they have the, the one Asian girl wearing a yellow coat. So it's, if you had the yellow plague, it could be either way. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I I need to stop.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's all good. All right, man. Well, it's, that that's it, dude. That's our Christmas special. I mean, Snickmas special. Um, there it is. We uh, we did our top five of mutants to replace Santa. We've gone through some of the holiday specials, and the I, I hope they've done more X X Men, Mary X Men specials since 2018. I'll have to go through and see if I can find if they've done any more. But yeah, that was the only one I can find. And I'm I'm glad we read it because that was awesome. I really had a great time reading that.
1: That was cool. I, I, they probably haven't because Hickman's not fun. Hickman's good, but he doesn't. I don't think he. I don't think he's a happy person. He doesn't seem like he enjoys life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot of smiling or laughing or or joyfulness. He probably he probably likes Halloween more than he likes Christmas. Probably, Um, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas is probably as Christmassy as he gets.
1: Yeah, he
0: tolerates that because the Halloween characters are in
1: it. Yeah, probably, probably.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right, dude. Well, uh, do you have any any parting words, or is there anything else you wanted to uh, cover or discuss before we we break for the holidays?
1: Uh, I don't have anything, man. Um, I don't know. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. And
0: and to all a good night. Sure. So there you have it, bub. That is our second annual synecdomous holiday special coming at you at the end of 2023. I had a fun time doing this episode with Kurt, as always, um, and uh, I hope you all had a great time listening to it as well. Uh, Before I let you all get back to your holidays, I have two voicemails that I wanted to play, uh, one from my good pal, Ryan Sanio, the other from my good pal, Steve Banvard. So I had put out a question into our Talkin' Snick Discord server, um, just asking anyone for uh, their favorite holiday memories regarding the X-Men or you know, even just your favorite X-Men Christmas presents or, or whatever. Um, and so these two guys were able to, uh, to send me a quick clip. Um, it's something that I'm trying out. It's a new service that I've found that can get me, I think, up to like a minute and a half of a, of a voicemail. Um, So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in doing, sending in kudos, complaints, criticisms, or even just comments that you may want to have read on future episodes of Tog and Snicked, then uh, check out the show notes for the link to where you can send that voicemail. Uh, It's not a phone number or anything like that. All you need is, I believe, an internet connection. So if you're already listening to the podcast, um, then click those show notes and uh, jump in there and and send me a voicemail. I get an email as soon as one is uploaded and I can go in there and listen to it a bunch of times. I can actually download the file and throw it in the episode. So it's pretty cool. And uh, because of that, I was able to get a few audio clips from from these two awesome co-hosts that I've had on episodes past. So without further ado, I will play each of those now.
2: Hello, everybody. Over at the Talkin' Snake Podcast Network, this is Ryan Senyo calling in about my favorite Christmas X-Men crossover memory. And that would be, oh gosh, was it my senior year of high school? Maybe it was the year after my senior year of high school. I was so into Ultimate X-Men, and I asked for every volume that I could not have gotten my hands on prior to Christmas to just be given to me by one of my relatives So I think I accumulated quite a few that year, uh, that Christmas. And my favorite volume will always be the story arc involving Mr. Sinister, the Tempest. Uh, And for better or worse, Ultimate X-Men is where I entered into the franchise. Uh, Have many more distinct memories of that than I do the X-Men cartoon. Uh, I think that was probably the, the, diving board was i know these characters from the cartoon but the ultimate x-men is you know that was my marvel up to that point and i loved it for better or worse and you know i'm so happy that i did because that christmas created all the seeds for all the years to come i have some great holidays see you in 2024
0: oh man ryan that sounds like an awesome holiday experience just getting a bunch of ultimate x-men comics i remember it was um, a little after high school uh, that i would started going to my local shop all the time um, and uh ultimate x-men is one that i had been collecting from the start it was actually uh, closer to the end of my high school career i want to say it was like my junior year maybe it was late sophomore year um my mom had given me an Easter basket. And at the time, you know, Spider-Man was my favorite character. And in this Easter basket was, you know, a bunch of Spider-Man shaped chocolates and stuff, maybe not shaped, but like chocolates wrapped up in like Spider-Man wrapping paper. And there was this comic that was like a three in one comic and it was all three of the, well, the first three ultimate Spider-Mans. So I started collecting that started um, going and getting the trade paperbacks from like my local bookstore and then being like no it's like I can't wait for the trades I got to go into the shop and start collecting these and when I got in there I f- had found out that ultimate x-men had also recently launched and I think it was maybe 20 issues behind of ultimate spider-man so I was going in to get like everything after ultimate spider-man volume three and I had noticed that most of ultimate x-men volume one was out in floppies and other than the first issue they were all really cheap and so i started collecting ultimate x-men that way Um, i think i actually did have the trade for volume one and was pleasantly surprised when i went in to start collecting each issue for volume two that they had all of volume all the volume one floppies available and it, it, it was awesome and yeah i had been a huge ultimate X-Men fan up to that point. And um, excellent choice for favorite volume, the one with Sinister and Tempest. Very different and interesting take on Mr. Sinister. Definitely not what I was expecting, Um, but it does give us one of our perhaps best Sinister moments ever. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything on on the pod, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, I would say my favorite ultimate X-Men volume is probably volume two. Uh, the one with Nightcrawler and Weapon X. I just, I loved how that whole arc started. And that was really where I started loving Ultimate X-Men. Like I said, I, I had the trade and I was starting to collect the floppies with, with volume two and that just captured my imagination. And it felt like new X-Men, like X-Men for this new era, you know, X-Men for the 21st century. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was really good. It, uh, it kind of tails off there. Um, but like the first, maybe seven or eight volumes are all pretty solid. I'm a huge fan of, I think Miller's first five volumes. Um, and then Bendis comes in for a couple. And then I think from there it goes to Brian K. Vaughan, or maybe it was Kirkman for an arc I, either way. Uh, yeah, the first maybe seven or eight volumes are, are super fantastic stuff. So, um, again, Ryan, thanks so much for sharing a holiday memory um, like awesome for ultimate X-Men, love ultimate X-Men. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of fun there. So again, thank you so much for, for sending in a voicemail and happy holidays to you.
3: Ryan, it's Steve Bambard talking about special X-Men holiday memories. It's a stretch, but I got something for you. Generation X number one was released in September, 1994. In the same week, Zombie was released as a single by Irish alternative rock band, The Cranberries. I remember going on holiday with my parents and by holiday I mean vacation around this time. September seems an odd time to go on holiday, but if I start questioning my memories at this age, there's really nothing left. I remember listening to Cranberry Zombie on repeat while reading Generation X for the first time and now the two are forever linked as part of that shared experience. For better or worse, the Cranberries is the soundtrack I hear when reading Gen X. Is this solely unique to me, or do others have a go-to X-Men soundtrack?
0: You know, Steve, at first I thought, yeah, September is kind of an odd time to uh, to take a holiday. Uh, but you got Labor Day right there at the very beginning, so you already get a free day off you know so if you're going to spend a whole week you're only burning four days of pto instead of five days you know you get that one extra day and it's right at the end of summer before school has really kind of got you know kicked into high gear and all that so yeah you know in retrospect not the worst time to go on a holiday Uh, everyone's back in school and back in work so wherever it is that you're going is probably not going to be packed with tourists so yeah, not too bad. And Zombie is a great song. Like my kids love that song. I was a huge Cranberries fan in the 90s. I remember when they released the single for Salvation and just like wearing out my disc man playing that song over and over and over again. Of course, one of my favorite movies of all time from the mid 90s is the original Mission Impossible. Well, not the original because the original was a TV show. Um, But that first Mission Impossible movie and at the very end scene where you've got like Luther in that cafe in some random European city and in the background you can hear, I think it's Dreams by uh, the Cranberries playing, like just such a great song. And like everything that they had done was so good. Rest in peace to uh, Dolores O'Riordan. But man, what a... What an interesting band and like what a great band to tie as a soundtrack to Generation X, which is the quintessential 90s teenage X-Men team. Um, that's that's such a great crossover. As, as far as to, as an answer to your question, do I have a definitive soundtrack for X-Men or anything? I, I honestly can't say that I, that I do. I'm not the biggest music listener. Uh, I, I really have to be in the mood to listen to music. That's not to say that I don't like background news music or, or background noise. But during my childhood, if I was playing a video game, I, I would have the TV sound up to hear the video game soundtrack and sound effects and stuff. If I was playing with toys, I would usually have uh, an episode of a random cartoon on in the background. So if I was playing with my X-Men action figures, I'd probably have the animated series on. Uh, if I was playing with my Ninja Turtles action figure, Spider-Man, I would have those respective shows on. Uh, So I I can't say that I really ever had a soundtrack. One thing that I certainly don't do is listen to music while I'm reading. (laughs) I find it way too distracting. Um, I'm either not focusing on what I'm reading or I'm not focusing on the music and I don't enjoy either activity. So I, I may be weird, I may be strange, but never really a big uh, a big music listener mostly for that reason Um, one thing I will say is in 2017 or 18 when Marvel did their whole resurrection rebrand there's a really talented musician named retcon x who actually did a bunch of original music that was inspired specifically by that run it's fantastic stuff it's on Spotify it's on YouTube I've even been introducing it to my 13 year old and he's been really digging it so Uh, kind of a cop-out answer because retcon x kind of already did that but i'll go with retcon x as like maybe not definitive but like definitely a go-to kind of x-men feel anyway steve thanks so much for sending in that voicemail any other listeners if you have an answer for steve send me an email or send me a voicemail i'll be happy to read it or play it on here i'm sure that steve would really love an answer to his question and preferably from someone who is better at listening to music than me <laughs> uh, with that being said steve again thanks so much for the voicemail and happy holidays to you my friend and that will wrap up our episode here so that was our snicked holiday special annual number two for 2023 and bub i don't know if uh, i'm gonna have anything else before the end of the year So we'll say our end-of-the-year goodbyes now as well. So first off, Bub, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, keep your, I was going to say keep your eyes peeled, but I don't know, keep your ear to the ground for new episodes and big new changes coming to Talkin' Snicked in 2024. I don't want to spill the beans here. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there's a project that I'm working on and I'm hoping to introduce a whole brand new aspect to Talk and Snicked in 2024. Thank you all so much for listening in 2023. Every single one of you who has listened to even one minute of this show at some point this year, it's meant a lot to me it has been a huge help. I see all those numbers and I really do appreciate it. It makes me happy that I can sit here behind a microphone in front of a computer screen and talk about something that I love, something that brings me joy. And I'm glad that I'm able to give that back in some way, shape, or form. So again, thank you all. Bub, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy New Year.